What's up, everyone, and welcome to Three Guys, Three Mics. Once again, my name is Coach D, and with me I have Ryan, a.k.a. The Rhino. Happy Halloween! And also we have Jay from the Bay. What to do, everybody? All right, you guys. So we this we have a very special episode. We have our very first in-studio guest. Uh, Jay, why don't you uh, help us out with that? All right, can't wait to introduce my buddy, my friend. Uh, he's got a master's. In English, he loves writing. He loves music. He's a published author from Kindle Direct Publishing. He is the writer of the Optimist Movie Reviews. You can check that out on Facebook, Optimist Movie Reviews. He's the author of the Undoubtedly True Narrative of the Yeti Man, is and it's out now. Check it out on Amazon. It's my boy, your new favorite writer, Brandon Everett. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having me. I'm pretty juiced to be here, so let's do this. It's been a long time coming that we've been wanting him here. Yeah, we've definitely been you know, trying to plan out when we can get you here, and this was just a perfect timing. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. As soon as I found out you guys had a podcast, I was all on board for you guys. I was like, yes, and I've loved everything you guys have done so far. So Nice. Kudos. Appreciate your uh, support and everything and all the shout-outs you've been giving us. And, yeah, so... Um, you know, he's definitely into movies. We see him all the time at the movie theater. Yeah. And what we're going to be talking about today is horror movies. I love this genre. Um, I really, I'm not going to, you know, lie and say that I watch it like every, you know, every month or whatever or what whatnot. During October, though, I definitely like to pick up on the, on the genre, you know, because it's Halloween. It's time to watch scary movies and stuff like that. So is it seasonal for you? You only come around when it's I mean, time to watch? For the majority. Now, now, if they have like a movie that comes out in, in theaters during, you know, January, February, of course I'm going to go watch it. But then as far as, you know, re-watching movies and stuff like that, then, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I, I'm not huge into this, but I definitely in the last couple of years have got into it a little bit more um, and seen all the classics, as you can say. Um, so... Kind of excited to hear what you guys got to say about it. That's what's so cool about horror is that it's the point you were talking about earlier about seasonal film watching. Like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, go see a Christmas movie in July. (laughs) It doesn't mean that Christmas movies in July aren't awesome, but, like, horror movies come out all the time. Right. So they're great to watch at Halloween, but they're great to watch all the time. So I agree with that point. I know, you know, growing up, I never understood the point of, paying to see a movie so paying to get scared i always thought it was weird and so that's why i I always stayed away from it i don't know my both my parents not into horror or scary movies so i never was and then it wasn't until i was in seventh grade and i had these friends who really wanted to go to the movies and see this scary movie and i was so not down but i was it was middle school you know i'm trying to find an identity you don't want to punk out. you don't want to punk out (laughs) ain't no punk i ain't no punk so you know i just had to toughen up i was like oh yeah yeah yeah. they're like we want to see the grudge right and oh man that one was spooky because you had that lady who did that uh, you know (laughs) and then the little kid with the little boy (laughs) but uh I went and I saw it, and it's funny because all my friends, well, they were like, no joke, there were like 15 of us, and uh, they were making fun of me afterwards because I sat like straight up like this, like hunched over. <laughs> Instead of, you know, typically at the movies you're laid back and whatnot. No, I was hunched over, and I was just sitting there eating my popcorn. <laughs> and 
I enjoyed the movie. Did you get scared? Did you jump? I think I'm pretty sure I did. But that was when I started. I, I you know I figured out that like you know of course the horror movies they they make it really quiet and tense and a build up and so they get to you like still right. And it was after that that I realized if I like tap my foot or like move my hand, it takes away the jump. Right. Yeah. So I started doing that after that movie because I'm pretty sure I jumped a couple times. I get it. I get it. Something I was thinking about too it was like horror mill films. I think people go like it's kind of like adrenaline junkies, right? Right. Like people that go to see, on roller coasters. Yeah. Right. They like that thrill. They like to be scared. I feel like horror movies is that same thing, right? They like to go and get that excitement and get their blood pumping. And that's a, a also a good point where I know with uh, the actually going to the theater because if you can get a good crowd, that's everyone is like all into it then you're going to have a great experience. Um, you know, everyone's going to jump at the same time, and then they'll kind of chuckle after, and then you go back into the movie. And, you know. So. People people make other people jump. Right. Like, the, yeah. you'll sit there, and the part of the movie, you just be like, nah, you know, that wasn't that scary. But the guy behind you goes, ah! <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, scary movies have this, like, multi-layer aspect to it in the sense that if any film genre is built for an experience, like a group experience, it, it would be horror because of that very same, that very sentiment of like being scared together and being a part of that. And then you take that same movie and you, you put it in like your home and you watch it by yourself. That's a completely different level of scare. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's yes. like, that's what's so cool about it. Um, it's so true. <laughs> that's, so true. it's funny you say that. That made me think because, I really, I got my my family can attest uh, testify to this that I really got into like Netflix when it was just the you know mail in DVDs, and I had this system where I would watch. I, ha- I had two DVDs. I would watch one, send it the next day, and then receive the next one the next day. And it had, like the system that was perfect. And I would get some horror movies because I had heard like interesting things about them. And when I used to watch them, I those were ones I never watched at night. I would watch them during the day, <laughs> lights on, volume turned down. And I was kind of a punk like that. But, the, you know, it was in the comfort of my own home. And then in high school, um, that same time, my friends, a couple of my friends introduced me to Paranormal Activity. And uh, they were like, yeah, we're going to watch this Paranormal Activity uh, movie. It's pretty tight. I was like, all right, cool. So we go to his house. And these boys closed all the drapes, turned the lights off. <laughs> That's what you got to do. And cranked, right? it to <laughs> cranked it to 100. Cranked it to 100. And I was like, y'all, come on. <laughs> hey, and paranormal activity, though, that's something different, like a different style of uh, horror, right? Because it's almost like you're watching just your security camera, right? And it's like, wait, that moved during the night? Or where did these footprints come from? And it's like, you know, those people... it. It allowed your imagination to take over. And I was watching a video just, you know, a couple hours ago, and it was saying how the imagination is scarier than anything that you're going to see on TV. So mm-hmm. if it can allow your imagination to st- take over, then it's doing its job. That's where some of, like, the best horror filmmakers find success. Like, I will, on my dying breath, support M. Night Shyamalan, no matter how crappy <laughs> yeah, his movies you will. are or how great his movies are. But... The thing about like his earlier films, like Sixth Sense, even Unbreakable, which isn't a horror film, and like Signs and The Village, he is he was able to like allow the audience's imagination to do most of the work, right? Because he did Signs, you didn't you didn't necessarily see the alien until the very end, you know. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen that movie, it's really, <laughs> Wait, what? It's really old. There's aliens, um, but that's the thing is like the the concept of not seeing what's out there and letting your imagination run wild. Like that's, I think a really great characteristic of 
not just horror, but like great storytelling. Right. You know? Oh, you think darkness is your ally? <laughs> <laughs> the fear of the unknown. Watching yeah. a scary movie, it is your ally. <laughs> you need to have it. Build up the the atmosphere. No, seriously. And you start to think of all the different characters um, in all these movies, right? Because, um, like you said, when you start talking about the village, I was thinking of that big red monster thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you start thinking of the mask from Scream. You start thinking of Freddy Krueger and all these different things. It's like, the, the, again, it's just your imagination. It's true, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, in Halloween, dude. He's just walking around super slow. We talked about this last podcast, but yep. then all of a sudden he just pops up. You're like, where the frick is he? And your mind is like rushing and running. And I think, you know, that's that's part of the, the genre is just waiting to get scared or waiting to get spooked. And you, it's just like any other movie. You have to like know what type of movie you're going to watch. If you're going to go in there like, oh man, this isn't going to be a bad film or it's not going to be written well, then you're probably not going to have a good time. But if you're just going to go there just to relax, not relax actually, but you know, to sit there and knowing what type of movie you're going to go see, then you're going to enjoy it more. So, yeah, I think a lot of people would benefit going into seeing movies. Um, not necessarily. I mean, we live in such a like immersive culture where ev- like everything you'd ever want to know about the production of a movie is blasted on social media yeah. and critics and opinions are blasted about a movie before it even comes out. Like, I mean, we, there was so much, insanity that came out before the joker um mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. that uh was insane you know after seeing the movie you're like that is crazy but there's something kind of really powerful and unique to like go into a movie not knowing anything about it right or like not necessarily having preconceived notions of like oh this is gonna be bad mm-hmm. because then you already set yourself up for failure and i think horror films benefit from that the most because they, their whole purpose is to like play on you know your insecurities or the things that you fear in a controlled and safe environment, right? So the more that you can go in without knowing much, the greater experience you're going to have. And if that means you're going to be terrified, then more than likely you'll be terrified because that's the whole point. Right. So let's uh, let's dive in here. Um, let's talk about Psycho, 1960 film. You know, back in the day, and it's probably the original, right? Horror film, like yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Like yeah. slasher style. Um, Al- Alfred Hitchcock. Um, th- the trailer for this was a six-minute long video of him not showing any part of the movie, just basically Alfred Hitchcock just talking and showing the scene or like where he, they recorded at, and that's all it was. And what they did was the studio. He and you know when people make movies, they have their set price on you know how much they're going to make. And then after the movie is released, then that's where the studio makes their money. The studio thought this was going to bomb. And so what they did was Alfred Hitchcock goes, all right, I'll do, do you one better. Instead of paying me up front, I'll take a percentage of the sales. And so that's when he made that trailer and then it just blew up. And there you go. You know, that was a, it's a very interesting movie though. You know, he set himself up like that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. He, he believed in what he was making. That's why. Yeah. Um, because again, it's probably something that's never been done before, right? And so, because it's sixties, they didn't have these type of movies. But it was actually a really well shot movie as far as how they told the story. Um, there's def- definitely like a lot of similarities in the characters and the build up, and then there was the twist at the end. Um, you know, the everyone always hears about that shower scene, and 
people forget that that was like not even at the end of the movie. Like she it was like in the middle of the movie when she died. And so, you know, that's the, the movie starts off as her story and then it ended up being, you know, Norma Bates story and the mom. So it's very interesting. Um, 1960s. I don't back in the day type of movies kind of spooked me out anyways. <laughs> I don't just something about vintage. It just gets me. Yeah. I was going to, I was just going to comment on that point you made, like, Circling back to, like, the things that Alfred Hitchcock did with Psycho and his other films, like, he pushed the boundaries in a lot of things, in a lot of ways, and he did a lot of things that people wouldn't expect. The point the point you made about, and I forget, I can't remember her name, but the actress who dies halfway through, mm-hmm. that, she was the draw. She, right. was the, she was the big actress draw exactly. to, to the film. She was, like, the, the, marquee, the marquee name. And to kill your marquee character, your marquee actress, halfway through the movie, was insane because yeah. then you're left with you know to, to a lot of the studio like who we who's gonna run this who's, who's gonna carry this movie yeah and and hitchcock knew that and he did it on purpose and it was just one of those plo- those kind of hooks that he did to kind of not just ensnare the audience into the experience but to like uh unhinge the audience because it was unexpected and so that's what you kind of want in like horror films is to is to experience the unexpected because you're afraid of the unknown and you're afraid of the unexpected. And also what he did was the the murderer, so to speak. Um, usually those guys are, you know, outcasts. They don't know really how to speak to people. They're, you know, ugly looking and all that. This guy was, you know, dressed well. He was able to conversate with people. It was basically the opposite of what a, a normal killer would be. And um, so he, he did push the envelope a lot and he opened it up for, for things to come down the line. So uh, let's get back into it, and actually, let's let's talk about um, The Exorcist, nineteen seventy three. This has been uh, as many lists as I look at, as far as scariest movie. This is always the top, and it. I think it has a lot to do because it's like you know religion and uh, demons taking over the body and stuff like that and so people can like especially back then yeah 19, 1973 they're like you know what this is this is you know the the end of the world type <laughs> deal you know and you know got this girl's head spinning around she's bending backwards ro- walking down the stairs you know and i don't know like i remember when it came out again i was like dang should i go watch this like <laughs> but you know i ended up watching it but it, it it's it's up there as far as the scariest movie what would you say? Because I'm because I'm sure I, you've probably seen other films that have done um, like possession and paranormal. Because a lot of films have come since the The Exorcist that mm-hmm. have dealt with that. What do you think sets The Exorcist apart from those when it comes to like scare factor? I think um, I think it's more just like the sim- simplicity of it. It's not like like I said, it's older. So um, you know, nowadays you get a lot more like. I don't know, graphics and stuff like that type. And I think just the, it's almost like you are there as far as it's real and not as fake. So I think that's, for me, that's what makes it, you know, I don't know what you guys feel about that. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like the, the, the concept of like uh, practical effects versus like virtual, like mm-hmm. visual effects. Yeah. yeah. So this may lose me a lot of cred, but I've not seen The Exorcist all the way through. I've mm-hmm. seen like bits and pieces. Of Too that. scared? Um, well, I, I well because I grew up in a family that like, we didn't watch like rated R movies. We didn't watch a lot of it. So like the exorcist was like, no, no, definitely not. And so, and, and as a young kid, like just seeing, like, I remember 
I remember like our thing, like those who might be, you know, like young nowadays aren't going to know what a video store is. But like there's these places. Uh, what? So check it. There were these places. They were buildings that you could go in and actually physically rent a film. Oh, such good times when you went. Right. Like, You're talking I, like Amazon, right? <laughs> If Amazon was a real place, like a physical place you could walk into and pick stuff off the shelf and say, I would like to borrow this and watch it. It was a library. Sounds made up. Library still exists. Sounds made up. Be kind and rewind. Yep. But that was, so I remember as a kid going to video stores and like looking at like the horror section and being terrified from like the covers and like the Exorcist cover isn't scary. No. It's not. But it was still terrifying because I knew what it was about. And yeah. I knew like everybody said it was the scariest movie. Since, obviously since then, I've seen a lot of films that deal with like the paranormal and possession possession stories. And a lot of them are freaky Mm -hmm. and they, and they like hit a chord because you know, it does, as you mentioned, like there's that uh, religious aspect that it does hit a chord. I've never seen the exorcist all the way through. I don't know if I ever will. I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) maybe someday I will, but like some of those possession films, what I think what's crazy about them too, is they also like there's, they can, they vary a lot in how they approach it. Like, have you ever seen, um, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. So that that movie is insane because it's not just a possession film; it's a courtroom drama, right. Dealing with the possession, right? And that's what's so insane about it is that it's it speaks again to to the the idea of the unknown or the unexpected. Like you wouldn't expect that in a horror film to go in and watch like a courtroom drama, but it's dealing with possession and it's asking questions like, does faith and belief like hold any merit in a court of law. Right. Like are they are basically it was like they're trying to see if they should perform the exorcism, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the or or whether um so it's been forever since I've seen it, but the the, the father who the 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 father who performed the exorcism was on trial um and whether or not that was he was essentially implicit in her death. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's probably one of the better possession films that have been made um, because it's so different. And it's uh, so. How much story. of it is in the courtroom? A good majority of it. it, is. it but and it, when they're in the courtroom, there's nothing scary in the courtroom. I'm assuming, right? It's just <laughs> more drama. <laughs> Rhino's it's, gonna watch it. Well, because yeah. I look at. So if we get into more my tastes, I mean, just a straight up slasher movie or just jump scares. I'm not really into that, to be honest. To me, I need some story. Whether it's freaky or not, that's up to, like, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't mind if it's, like, a weird, really creepy story, but I just want a good story. So that kind of that kind of draws me a little bit to it, to hear that there's also, like, more substance than, than just, you know, like The Exorcist, where it's just some girl throwing up and stuff. Yeah. Because me, all, all those original, like, movies we're talking about, like Halloween, Exorcist, Friday the 13th, like, those, I haven't seen, like... Almost all of those. I get, I know the plots of those movies through Scary Movie, the parody. <laughs> like Scary Movie 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That, that's where I get my knowledge from, which those those movies are great, but those are comedies. So then what movie would you recommend as for a horror movie that gives you substance? Well, I'd say, but I want to save it for later. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's just uh, go to my favorite, though. My favorite is Halloween. I know Ryan Rhino just talked about the slashers, how it doesn't really, you know, appeal. And I get what he means by that as far as the movie is very, very, very like simple. 
and everyone knows what's going to happen. But this movie, I just like I was telling you guys about the Christmas uh, vacation, I watch this every Halloween, every time, and I watch the making of it, and it's just great to me. And I'm gonna, uh, you know, bring up some stuff here. Um, they only had 20 days to make this movie. That's it. 20 days, and uh, uh, what's his name, John Car- Carpenter, and hold on, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had to uh, make this movie for. He said he told them that he can make it for three hundred thousand dollars. And so, you know, that's not that much money. And a lot of the money went to um, Donald Pleasant. He's been over, like, in 108 films before this one. So that was, like, their name, what so to speak. Um, and he was able to pull it off, obviously, um, but they definitely had a hustle for this movie. Like, they shot the movie in Pasadena, and they wanted a Midwest feel because it was supposed to be based in Illinois. Um, so what they did is they had some like they got like a bunch of leaves spray painted them then they had like a blower and they would blow them all over the place rake them up and then do it all over again or they'll have a, they had a, like a steady cam shot and what they did was he was chasing them through the house or something like that they ran upstairs and so when he they, they ran upstairs the camera was still rolling all the people downstairs had to move stuff around turn on the lights and then the camera came back downstairs and it was basically like that and um Jamie Lee Curtis her first film and fun fact her mom was in psycho she was the one that that got murdered wow um that was Janet Janet Lee um so she got you know she was on there um what else so they uh, have a genre in that family huh <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're both scream queens <laughs> yeah exactly right mm-hmm. that's a good show and uh yeah, I agree so what else was Halloween about here? You know, oh, the the mask. The mask is one of the most famous things. And what they did was they, they told the one of their people, like, all right, go to the Halloween store, get a couple masks, and we'll see what happens. First mask they came up with was some scary clown. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty scary. And then the second one was a William Shatner mask. And what they did was they hollowed the eyes out, and they uh, spray painted it white, and they put it on. And basically, it was featureless, so they didn't want it. You know, they just wanted it to be like as plain as possible. And when he came out of the the dressing room, they're like, "That's the one right there." And uh, yeah, I I love that movie. And oh, they ended up making fifty fifty million dollars off of that movie. Oof. So three hundred thousand to fifty million, and it actually opened the door for a lot of the movies that are on this list: um, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, stuff like that. Scream. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about. Halloween. So again, Halloween, like Halloween was one, the original Halloween was one that I actually did not see until I was married because of how I was brought up. Right. And I had this feeling before, before I saw it, I had seen like the original nightmare on Elm street and I was like, this is really cheesy and campy, but it's also awesome. And I saw, you know, like child's play and like, Oh, this is really cheesy and campy and awesome. So that's what I thought Halloween was going to be about. No, it's like the ultimate stalker film, mm-hmm. and it's and there's something unsettling <laughs> yes. about like a stalker, you know, that you don't know anything about. Um, granted, a lot of sequels have spawned from it. Right. They're not necessarily they they fail they they pale in comparison. Yeah. Uh, different reboots, like I don't know if you've seen like Rob Zombies. Mm-hmm. I kind of dig them because if you're gonna my 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 always think my thinking is when you're gonna like redo something or reboot it, bring something new to it. Don't just do the same thing. Like they they redid Psycho a while back with yeah. like uh, with uh oh, what is his name Vince Vaughn playing. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, 
and it was a shot for shot, the exact same thing. The only difference was the cast, and it was in color. Like, that, to me, was pointless. But Rob Zombie at least did something new. With he added his a lot name. of blood to it. <laughs> he added a lot of blood. It was a lot more violent. And the beginning, like, he, he explored Michael Myers as a child, mm-hmm. like, his upbringing. Right. And that was a whole the whole beginning of the movie. So that was – a lot of people hate it, and I get it. And, and the, his sequel wasn't as good, but um, – but I agree that like Halloween deserves all the credit that it gets. Yeah, you know. So I got a funny story how I saw Halloween. Um, we were on a family vacation in Mexico, right? And if we were busing, so for some reason we did a little side trip. It was my dad and my older brother and I, and we got in a bus to go to Mexico City, and they threw on Halloween on the bus. And so my dad's like, "Oh, just go to sleep." Like. You know, just go to sleep. But he does the same type of thing. Uh, he didn't want us to watch radar movies. I want to say I was maybe like, maybe like nine, ten, something around that age. Maybe a little bit older, maybe eleven, twelve. Anyways, uh, so my brother and I, we get on. The, we're sitting there and we're pretending to sleep, right? But he, we were peeking the whole time, watching this movie and freaking out. And I'm pretty sure my dad probably watched us because I was probably jumping because I was like, oh, freak. You know right. what I mean? And so to this day, my older brother and I, we talk about it like that's the first time we saw Halloween watching on a bus in Mexico uh, because it was just a funny story where our dad was sitting behind us and, you know, like, oh, you guys don't need to watch this type of deal. But <laughs> we watched the whole movie and it was freaking out. So it's kind of, in a way, it has a special place in my heart because I was like, well, dude, it freaked me out. It was like probably my first scary, you know, actual scary movie that I saw. Right. So he... um. John Carpenter took the movie to the producers and and the studio and he showed them the movie and they were like, this movie is terrible. And this is before he added all the music to it. He's like, give me three days and I'll show you a different movie. And they're like, what? He's like, just trust me. Goes to his house and he writes the score for the movie. You know, all that. Right. The, 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 like how Rhino talked about earlier, how it says the, the movies allow you to, rest and then boom that's what the the music did to it and so he put that on he went back to the producers and then they were like oh my gosh this movie is terrifying like and so i i mean just those little tidbits to know about it you know kind of helps me out a lot more you know lets me appreciate it a lot more i guess i would say but yeah moving on um anything you guys want to talk about on here we have uh like you talked about friday um nightmare on elm street i'm sorry um very cheesy like just like you said scare movie though like everybody has to fall asleep <laughs> you know that's what i was watching a documentary on uh west craven and he said you know that's that was my gimmick was like it's not set in california it's not set in you know australia or whatever isn't that something specific it's like everybody has to go to sleep and so he was like people just was like i don't want to go to sleep because of this guy you know for people who don't know, Freddy Krueger, he was uh, a child murderer, molester, and they got burned in some um, warehouse, and he's just haunted people's dreams ever since then. You know, Johnny Depp was in that movie. Mm-hmm. He got killed right away. Boom. Right through the waterbed. <laughs> he had a great death. Yeah, he I did. I have to say. <laughs> right through the waterbed. Sure. One of the top deaths. <laughs> I, put, I would put it up there. <laughs> top slasher deaths? Sure. Oh, yeah, and, and Craven, he loved blood. And a lot. And speaking about that death was, they they poured a ton of blood. They had this room that would rotate upside down and everything like that. And so when it got upside down, 
they would pour like a ton of blood inside the, so it looked like the blood was, blood was going to the ceiling. And what they did was they sent it to get it raided. And they're like, you got to cut a little bit of this blood scene out. And so he, he runs into a, diff, um, the ratings people a lot. Uh, he did in scream as well, but, um, he had to cut out a lot of his stuff that he did. Also though, they were on a budget as well and they made tons and tons of money off of this movie. Yeah, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is a great example of if you have a premise that works, then it makes it easier to execute. Right. You know, the uh, the point that you were making about like everybody has to fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. it's it, there's a there's an aspect of relatability, right? There's something that none of us can avoid. And uh the thing that um so Eli Roth has been doing last year and this year he does he has this show called Eli Roth's History of Horror that he does I think on like AMC or something. And I think it was last season he talked – every episode is, like, dedicated to something. And one of the episodes he talked about were uh, iconography or, like, things that are iconic mm-hmm. in, in horror films. And, like, Freddy Krueger was one of those. And because um, – not just because he, like, looked scary and he had a claw, but that he was intricately connected to a premise that worked. Right. That idea of, like, you can't fall asleep and you can't escape from something that's going to be in your dreams. Like, yeah. And I think that's that's what's well. That's one of many aspects that can really capture an audience. Is is if you have a premise, it's going to make it easier for you to execute on that premise, or at least a premise that works. And this also had a, a terrifying score to it. Um, that little beat at the beginning of the movie, and then you know they had those little girls that were jumping rope or doing hopscotch or something. The the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Oh man, that freaks me out. Little <laughs> kids, like nah, I'm good. Why do little kids always freak us out, too? It, it's little kids and I, old ladies. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because, like, little kids are innocent, and so, like, you don't want to see them in a negative light. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, yeah. like, when they're placed in a negative light, it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Right? My wife's the same way. She's like, why are kids so terrifying? Like, yeah. why do they make kids so terrifying? <laughs> like, it's just not right. I'm yeah. like, because it works. And it's, like, it's the, effective. Like you said right there, like, they're singing a song. Yeah. It's even worse. You know what I mean? Like, kids sing all the time. Like, what the frick? It's all about the tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Music. I think that uh, when I'm starting to, you know, hear, listen to you guys talk, and it's just the music, right? Mm-hmm. The music, I think, what gets you or setting it up, or there's no music, right? And it's just silent. You're like, oh, freak, something's coming. Um, that's what I just starting to think of all these movies as I'm going through this list, because there's so many movies on here. Um, and you just think of all the weapons, the blood, the everything. It's, I'm going to sleep tonight. That's all I'm saying. No, but it's true. I think music... Music is a huge part. Well, I think in film in general. Storytelling. Music yeah. is a huge part because it informs a lot of the emotion, right? Um, it tells you kind of how to feel yep. without telling you in your face. We were talking earlier about Jaws, right? The idea of like, is Jaws a horror film? You take Jaws' theme out of that movie, it's completely different. Right. Right. But that theme is super simple. Like, even more simple than probably like the ho- the Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's terrifying when you match it up with the concept, the premise, right? And so it means it's time to eat. Yeah, blood in the water. Chow time. Blood. <laughs> Sharks. Um, Bull's eyes. I definitely want to talk about real quick about um, how they start giving shout outs to people. Um, so we talked about Psycho, that was Alfred Hitchcock, and we talked about Halloween, that was John Carpenter, and we also talked about Friday the Thirteenth. I mean. Nightmare on Elm Street, that was Wes Craven. They all had a very particular name in that on all those movies. Last name was Loomis. Psycho, 
Sam Loomis was the boyfriend or the the person that she was having an affair with. Um, Halloween, Donald Pleasant's character was Doctor Sam Loomis, um, and then in Scream, the killer's last name was Loomis. So his name was Billy Loomis, and it's just like a little shout out shout outs like that just to to say hey you know we appreciate what you did to help us come along and and help us through our career and all like that. It's weird that though that stuck you know it's a fun fact man that's cool yeah but uh as well i don't know how what do you guys feel about scream i like scream i when i very first seen it i was like i was like i was like oh man i don't know what i'm gonna feel like you know i was kind of done with the horror genre you know 1996 and i was like i went to the movies i said holy crap this is a good movie <laughs> like i was into it the whole time and talked about the psycho where she got killed halfway well Drew Bear, uh, Drew Barrymore, done. Thirteen minutes yeah. into the movie, and what was weird is she was supposed to be like the Sydney Prescott role, where she was like the the main character, and then so you know she signed on, and then Wes Craven that actually helped him get signed on to it because he wasn't going to do the film either. But then when he signed on, and then they got everyone's role, then she was like, you know what, this would be the ultimate twist. Is you know you pump you pump me out there and you you, go, you know publicize it for me. And then you kill me off first, first scene, and then he was like, "You know what? Let's do it." And first thirteen minutes, she's out of there. Yeah, I always thought it was a cool. I, I thought I always thought it was cool that it was her idea mm-hmm. to like, "Hey, just kill me off." Yeah, like there's the part of you in the back of your mind where's like, maybe she's like, "You know what? I got other things I want to do." Yeah, so right. just kill me off first. But it actually, but maybe a lot, and then let me go. <laughs> but but she also had a point, like you were talking about. Like there's a draw. Mm-hmm. There's a draw to to specific names, and you know, and there's going to be a draw to see her in a film. And it works. It, it was effective. Right. Yeah, I just, I think of that line, too, all the time with the phone call. Like, what's your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, and I just think that's cool. I think that's what I like, too, is little 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 pieces like that. Or, or, or you know, lines and things. So, so I always thought that was a cool line. I saw it for the first time as an adult a couple of years ago. And there's so many iconic lines, like you said, and themes and the mask. That I I think I went into it with really high expectations, and that movie was so corny. <laughs> you're, you're I not was not impressed. I I get it. There's a cult following, cult classic, and all that, but I just feel, I just feel like, I don't know. If I'm going into a scary thriller movie, I want more. I want to feel scared, and I don't feel like I ever felt scared in that movie. You're you're not wrong. I agree. <laughs> I think I think we miss. I think I miss. Like I always think about like man, I really missed out like not seeing these things, like being part of the zeitgeist when they came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you want to be part of the the phenomenon that's yeah. going on. Yeah, because like I was not scared when I saw the first Halloween or you know uh, fr- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or yeah any of these other ones. Like they were, I was laughing most of the time. Right. Yeah. Right. But I can also, like, look back and, like, if you kind of try, if you look at it with the lens of, like, when it came out and what was kind of going on, like, you can see why it would be effective. But, no, I totally agree. It is. It's it well, is that, really corny. That well, one was a big one. And then, like, the, I'll, I felt like it got worse with the sequels, personally. Oh, definitely oh, yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> typically do. And then I did watch the new one that came out. The I guess it would be. Number four. It was four, right? And that had uh, Emma Roberts in it. And I felt like that one story wise was better, but they they tried. I feel like they tried too hard, too many times to like still go with that whole, oh, 
this is a it's a play on a scary movie, right? But like they're like they're in on the joke. Yeah. And I just I I wasn't really digging that. Well, and that's what it basically is is that they're 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 knowing what the scary movie is about. You know what I mean? Like all right. First of all, the original name of the movie was called Scary Movie. They changed it to Scream. Um, but you know, here's the, here's something for you guys. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no, big no. Sex equals death. Okay. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh, man. Matthew Lillard. That guy is funny in that movie. I kind of like him. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. But, uh, it is now time for the Super Cinco. All right, and so instead of doing a, a cumulative uh, Super Cinco, we're going to do our individual ones. And these are just movies that we enjoy the most. It doesn't have to mean it's the best movie, the scariest, or or whatever. It's just movies that we enjoy watching. Um, I guess uh, let's uh, go ahead and start us off, Brandon. All right. You want me to just tell? You want me to talk about all of them, or just start like start at number five, and we'll go around. We'll go around, say five, and then we'll go four, three, two, one. Okay. So, so this is pretty tough to like rank it, and I'm pretty sure that at like three in the morning after I go to bed tonight, three in the morning I'm gonna wake up. I'm like, nope, this was number five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this one might not be the most uh, like the the choice that a lot of people would think, but this is a movie, and it's not even really a horror movie. I don't know if it's even technically a horror movie but it's it's terrifying and that's the lighthouse okay if you've seen the lighthouse i think i have actually it's really new it came out last year stars willem dafoe and robert pattinson they're lighthouse keepers uh the entire movie is about isolation and the descent into madness and it's terrifying to see how two individuals who are forced to be together um, succumb to what isolation can do to you. Like when you're cut off from the the real world and how like being driven crazy can drive you to do really interesting and messed up things. I've seen some of those, those clips of like Willem Dafoe's like whacked out face and like it's, you know, black and white and he's sitting there looking like a madman. Yeah, and it looks freaky. I I added it to my list on uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. I really want to see it. You you have to see it from a production standpoint. It's amazing. So Robert Eggers, the director, he did he did The Witch before this, which was also a movie that like shook me. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, the he filmed so the movie takes place in like the eighteen nineties. He filmed on a camera from the 1890s. Nice. He, it's, what? The production, that's why like the, the aspect ratio is different. It's like 4-3. Um, it's black and white. He used a lot of natural lighting. Um, 
and lights that would, uh, like older lights, uh, they were really on this like hunk of rock out in the middle of the ocean. Um, and Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson were literally out there like, I heard that they they didn't interact very much offset. No, they didn't. Or on set, but not during filming. It's, it's a trippy movie. There's a lot of like symbolism and mythology weaved into the, the story, but it's not, there's not a lot of, uh, blatant scary you're not gonna find jump scares or terrifying you know things that you would normally see in like a traditional like horror film but to just watch these two individuals essentially crumble before your eyes is brutal and terrifying so that's my number five nice nice Six. all right jay you're up all right i'm gonna go number five we just talked about it scream i i just i remember seeing it when i was younger and so it's one I kind of snuck when I was younger. It's because my parents didn't watch it. Say. But like I said, just that the line, just Drew Barrymore, just those little iconic things. That's the thing I remember. And that's why it's going on my number five. We already talked about it. So. And it was the the all, or the horror movie of the 90s. So. Yeah. Rhino? That's me. That's on you. Um, My number five is It. There it is. Nice choice. The newer one. Because I, when I was first introduced to it, I uh, watched the miniseries, and with uh, what's his name, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. yeah, and I watched it on TV, and that thing was so long, man. It was, and I was sitting there, and I was like, "When's this clown gonna show up? Right? Like, when's he gonna do <laughs> something?" And he wasn't doing much. It was a lot of backstory, and so I watched it when I was younger. So I guess that was kind of the fault where I wasn't really getting interested, and then when they came out with the new version. I was like, I was interested, you know. They, it looked like it had a really good production value, and uh, I went in and I was I was blown away. And I I've always thought it's pretty funny how like uh like when Jordan Peele said there's a uh a, you know there's a line between horror and comedy. Yep, it's there. And I enjoyed that movie thoroughly. Where at times I was scared, I was freaked out by this clown, but I was laughing a lot of the time too. So to me, it was just it was an enjoyable horror movie. So are you talking specifically just about the first one or like the two, the, the, the both chapters combined? Can I combine them? I mean, <laughs> sure. It's, it's the same story. I, I, I feel like I'm down for that. I enjoyed chapter two. I enjoyed chapter one more though, I yeah. would say. But chapter two was still very enjoyable. A little long, but the acting was pretty good. That's kind of, I know a lot of people when they watched the, uh, the TV special, that was the same reaction. They stuff with the kids was always better than the stuff of the adults. In the book, that's the same way, too. Um, the book is also insanely long. It's like 1,200 pages. How many times have you read it, though? Uh, like three times. Oh, man. Yes. I, read it, I read it before the first movie came out, and I reread it again before the second movie came out. It's probably the my favorite Stephen King novel. But uh, I agree. I think the first, the first half, the first book, or the first movie is better than the second one. Combined, I think they, as a... As an adaptation, like we're living in a in a king essence right now with yeah. a lot of these adaptations, and they're really great, um, for the most part. But the it, I agree. It, cha- it chapter one is fantastic. I love it. It's my number five. Hey, and uh, there will be no three guys three mics without it chapter one. Yep, yep. that was our first uh, powwow in the parking lot after that, and then the rest is history. Yep. All right, so that's on me. Number five, I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, didn't really watch the 1974 one, so I'm going with 2003. 
first of all, has Jessica Bill in it. Bro. Okay, that's my number one. <laughs> okay, so sorry, Justin Timberlake, but no. Nah. Um, it's a compliment to him. She, uh, the, the movie was great. Uh, just, you know, same thing, you know, you're chasing, you know, teenagers, you know, they're going through, they want to get to this, um, this, what is it, festival type deal, and they get stuck at this house and, you know, whatever, you know, you guys know the story, but um, what, what kind of makes it intriguing to me is this was like based on real facts, you know, yeah. and then uh, I don't, I don't, like I said, I didn't watch the 74 one, but in 2003, at the end of this movie, they show like the um, police files and all that stuff on it. And this is like, well, shoot, you know, is this guy still out there? Like, you never know. I mean, obviously, you know, that was 2003 or in 2020 now, uh, and that was 1974 so i don't think he's alive but you know that put that in your your back of your mind you know what i mean so anything based on a true story kind of you know gets me going so if you get a chance to see the original see it um i would almost venture it's more terrifying than the original or the 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 remake and the reason why is because when it was first made people thought it was it was real because it was filmed like a like a documentary people Mm -hmm. thought it was a snuff film uh-huh. Because they, it was that it was that real and that like hard to watch. Um, it's it is a it's it, it's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. So if you get a chance to see it, see it. Because if you like the if you like the the remake, I think you'll dig the original. All right, something on my watch list now. All right, that's me number four. Um, so this one was a pure nostalgia pick for me, and that would be um, Poltergeist. Ooh. So Poltergeist was Poltergeist was probably my earliest memory of being terrified by a film. Sort of. The earliest memory I have of being terrified of film was I was like five or six and I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I beg your pardon? That's literally what it's called. Check it out. People, they stuff people in big balls of cotton candy and like suck their blood out of like really s- silly straws. Yikes. It's bi- it's bizarre. It's silly, silly straws. Not even <laughs> regular straws. Yeah, straws? yeah like oh, silly geez. like windy straws. That's it's even crazy. Worse. But but I don't remember. Like I was young, so I don't remember like why I was scared. But Poltergeist was the first movie that I like. I registered like why it freaked me out. And Poltergeist is one of those movies that I think has all the different elements that a lot of the different the, a lot of the things you look for in a horror film. It's got the paranormal aspect that's super creepy. It's got the monster aspect with the tree that comes in to smash in and, and steal the kid, the, the, the clown doll. It's got uh, body horror, mm-hmm. the scene of the guy with it, like who, see, who sees himself like peel, peeling his face mm-hmm. off. Great practical effects. It's got a killer score. Like the score is fantastic. Um, the script is perfect, I think. And it, on top of that, the scene, have you all, you've seen Poltergeist. So the scene where, I mean, I'm guessing. Have you seen? Pirates? I have not, I have. but I've seen the Family Guy episode, Peter Geist, and all <laughs> okay. of these things are registering. So just, go just ahead, as a, keep just going. as classic. <laughs> there's there's a scene where their pool gets flooded, and like the concept is that they they live in a house that's built on a uh, uh, Indian Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they moved the headstones, but not the bodies, and yada yada yada. There's a scene where this the the, the pool gets flooded, and these the skeletons from the 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 crypts pop up they used real skeletons in the film yeah. those are not fake. Oh, boy. they True used facts. real skeletons like talk about practical effects <laughs> right 
So you like add all these different layers onto it with great acting. It's it's an all around fantastic film. Another another classic that is bombarded by really horrible sequels. The first one is a classic. <laughs> hey, but um, the first one, there's a lot of supposedly like weird stuff that was going on when they're making that movie, and even like a little bit after they ended the movie, right? Like a lot of people died like right away, like in real life. Yeah, same with The Exorcist. The Exorcist is plagued by they had like nine people die during production yeah. on The Exorcist. Um, that's what draws, I guess, to it. You know, the yeah. the effect to it. So yeah, so that's. I mean, is it the scariest movie ever made, Poltergeist? No, but for me, like it's there. It's it, has, it, has, it holds a special place yeah. on my in, in my heart. So, dude, I can't wait to hear the rest of these. That was four for him. <laughs> right, <laughs> the love he talks about this. All right, my number four. I guess I'm just too mainstream, man. I'm going Halloween. <laughs> uh, we already talked about it. Saw it on the bus. Drop right up. <laughs> Should have saved that, that story I for now. Should have saved the story. Way to go. Dang it. There you go, though. Love it. All right. I'm going to bring out a lot of mine, as, as you're going to see, are more modern because I'm not going to go looking for those old horror movies. But I want to talk about one of the more recent ones that's been talked about a lot, and that's Get Out. I really enjoyed Get Out, actually. I wasn't so sure about seeing it because a lot of people were trying to talk about how it was kind of like had a lot of political stuff in it. And I was just like, you know, I don't mind talking politics. Not a big fan of it. But I just want to go see a movie, right? I finally gave it a chance. And I just, I fell in love with it. I thought Get Out was so outrageous. Funny at times, shocking at times, and at times just had your eyes glued to the screen because you're like, what is about to happen next? For those who have seen it, it's got this weird premise about this uh, African-American guy who's uh, visiting his girlfriend's family and uh, he doesn't really know much about them. And they're so approachable in the beginning. And then as he's staying there at their house, you start to find that he he's being treated a certain way, very nice, but there's a lot going on with the family that's not right on the surface. And Jordan Peele, I think, just did a pretty amazing job with this unique story. And so many scenes that are funny as well as shocking. I just, I really liked it. I, I think it's a pretty good day, a modern day take on horror and also involving some comedy in it. I really like Get Out. I like Get Out. I like it better than Us. That's just me, though. I didn't like Us. All, all, the, all I liked is shot in Santa Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> Santa Cruz. Um, Scream, number four. Talked about it. Uh, fun fact about Scream is it was shot in Santa Rosa. Um, so for you East, or your Bay Area people, shot in Santa Rosa. Supposed to be shot at Santa Rosa um, High School. They were all, all for it, the principal and everything, and the school board shut it down. And so in the credits, if you watch the movie in the credits, Wes Craven says, no thanks to the Santa Cruz, or the, not Santa Cruz, the Santa Rosa school board. So he, he kind of did a little dig at them. But, you know, we already talked about Scream for a little bit, so that's my one fact, I guess, for it. All right. My number three. So my number three is also one we've already talked about, uh, which is Halloween. 
Um, it's a classic, but I think maybe I'll take this a second to make a plug for the for the remake that they made in 2018. The Halloween, the 2018 Halloween. The it's the it's supposed to be the sequel. The sequel. It's actually the second yeah. one, the follow up to the first movie. Right. Um, that movie was great. Blew me away. I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Had, it had everything. It had like the elements from the first movie, and taken up a notch. Right. Um. And I, it, I'm I'm looking forward to the sequels. They've got two sequels coming out. They just dropped a teaser, a 30 second teaser today. For Halloween, ki- Halloween Kills. I was just reading about that. It looks amazing. So, um, especially when he on this, the 2018 when he stomped on the guy's head like a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. And there's a great, the, like, there's a great, uh, the like track shot, the one, the one take where Michael Myers is just like walking into the backyard and he's like chilling around. He tra- he goes into the house. Like, I love. A quality like one one take right. like shot, and that that film has a really great one that's that's effective. It's suspenseful. It's gripping. It's violent. It's yeah. visceral. It's insane, um, but it works. Right. And so, uh, if you haven't seen the remake, do it and forget all the other sequels. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, number three for me: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Same thing, kind of what Coach D said. Jessica Biel was dumb hot, so I went to go see it. She was, and then boy. I was like, "What the frick is going on?" It's a valid analysis, dude. Cutting off faces and all this other crap, and dude, that this that noise of the chainsaw, dude, it just freaks you out. Uh, my wife to this day, she just hates chainsaws. I didn't see it with her, but she just hates chainsaws and that sound. Um, I get it, uh, bro. It's this freaky movie, especially at the end, like Coach D said with the police video, and you see his face for a little second. Nah, bro, that, that's creepy. Never seen it. Leatherface. Oh, Christ. Well, you should. Yeah, you probably should. I feel like I got to drop that line every show. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm going to get you a shirt that says that. We got, got merch coming. We got merch coming. <laughs> so my number three, and I know it's a, it's a little contrary to what I said about my not liking slasher movies. Number three for me is Saw. I love the original and for some reason, the original made me love all the terrible sequels. And all the, sh- they're trying to connect stories from the first one to the eighth one to the fifth one to the back to the third. It is outrageous how complicated that storyline is. But for some reason, I love that thing. And yeah, I get a little squeamish on some of those death scenes. There is a whole lot of blood and guts and things falling, appendages. And it's tough to watch at times. But for some reason, I just, I had to keep coming back. I love watching all of them. But that first one, just seeing kind of what the, these people were going through. And then that big twist at the end, always. Oh. That psychological factor. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had me second guessing everything. And so, yeah, that's that's going to be my one little slasher movie that I, I put on my list. And I I love see, uh, Saw. Have you seen Saw? I love the seesaw. Oh, you love seesaw? Okay. Yeah. boom boom. I'm right there with you. I love it. I and I'll I say I, I like the second one a lot too. If I had to pick a sequel that's great, the second one's great. Um but it's but it's true. There if you try to make sense of the narrative, there is no there's no success to be found there. But it doesn't matter. They try. They try. They do. You gotta commend them for trying. It, it, I, I did think it was kind of an interesting choice to kill off your character in the third movie mm-hmm. and then try to make you know, five, six more movies with him still having a presence, like a physical yeah. presence. Like not not you're not just his legacy, 
but also just like yeah. things he did here now show up here. I don't yeah. know. It was and introducing weird. like, oh, he had an apprentice in the fourth one that actually had something to do with the beginning of the second one. But that yeah. doesn't make sense because he wouldn't have done that because that wouldn't have lined up here. Yeah. It and then, oh, no sense. turns out he had this second apprentice yeah. who also we was, was had to watch the first apprentice, you know. Yeah. If you go into the Saw franchise looking for like a solid narrative, you you'll be sorely disappointed. Just go for the <laughs> insanity. Yeah, enjoyable though. Love them. Yeah. Well, Rhino, you and I kind of are on the same wavelength because my number three is Saw. Um, love that. I, I love the first one because it's very simple. Um, they didn't try to do too much. Another movie where they had a small budget. They had, I think they had like a million dollars, and they ended up making a hundred million dollars off of it. Um, their, the way they told the story, though, was 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 excellent. Um, and so the two people that are locked up in the room, one was a younger guy, one was an older guy. The younger guy, his, um, I guess the way he acts is, you know, like very frantic, and he's trying to get out really, really hard. The way they shot that when they were um, using him, as, um, when they were shooting him, basically, it was a handheld camera. So it, the camera would shake, you know, so it would give you that effect of, you know, he's, like, really trying to go for it. The older guy, very, you know, he, he thought about things and he wanted to try to figure out things. They had a steady cam for him, so it made you kind of more relaxed. And he was trying to, you know, it basically showed their personality just with those two different type of cameras. Um, they didn't have too much blood in this movie. The, the sequels, they had a way more blood. They had way more um, uh, better, I guess, better contraptions. But um, it's, like you said, though, it's this thing... The twists and turns in those movies are ridiculous. So shout out Carrie Elways. I love yeah. I love them since Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and <laughs> Princess Bride. It's true. <laughs> yeah. That that's I mean, the I, I like that observation you made about the the way it was shot because it speaks to, and I can't praise him enough. Like the insanity that is James Wan, right? Who like oh, yeah. the stuff that the stuff like I think he's probably one of the best horror directors. He's done things that haven't been horror. Um, but like, I think he's one of the best horror directors working yeah. today. Um, and saw is a great, uh, example of that. And a great example of the lesson that we learned from angels in the outfield that sometimes less is more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. Nice. All right. All right. And you're up for number two. So my number two, um, is a fairly recent film, um, that when I saw, it uh, it shook me to my core and left me feeling, as I was watching the credits, very uncomfortable and unsettled, um, and that would be Hereditary. Uh, Ari Aster, I think, is one of the most up-and-coming like horror directors with uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, but Hereditary, there's um, something about like the concepts and the themes of loss and and uh grief that plays really well into like the paranormal yeah and the imagery and the the sound design in that film is really crazy uh the ending of that film is mind blowing and unsettling sorry for that deep breath (laughs) because as soon as i This movie was freaky. Keep going, Brandon, because yeah. I'm just reliving it right now. I have seen this movie. Yeah, I, I saw it twice in the Rhino theaters. Rhino started to sweat all of a sudden. <laughs> it's it's true. It has that effect. I saw it twice in the theaters. I haven't watched it since. I've And every time I like want to, I was like, 
but do I? <laughs> do I want to put myself through that? Because it's I have really been great. I have been thinking about because after I watched it, like I was shook for a while, and uh, I watched a bunch of YouTube breakdowns to see things that I missed, and there's so much that you miss. And I kept thinking, like, because everybody was saying you got to watch it a second time, and I keep telling myself, yeah, 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 yeah I, I got to do that eventually because I it shook me so much. I don't know if I can do it again. I, I really want to though. Yeah, that movie was. Where what is it on? I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. That's where I watched it right now. I think yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that's where I watched both Ari Aster films that I. Yeah, know. it's it's. I I will say that you do catch more things the second time around. It just makes it a little bit more tense and scary because you know, like, because you go into something a second time and you already know like what to expect. But then when you're looking for things that you missed, that adds a whole other level to it. I will say the greatest travesty of that film is the fact that Tony Collette didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Yes, and not only didn't she get nominated, if she got nominated, she should have won because that was the greatest performance I've seen in a horror film in a long time, and. It's just a travesty that uh, we live in a world where she did not win an Oscar or get nominated for that. I'm scared. I, I agree. I'm scared. <laughs> See it. It's amazing. <laughs> all right. At number two, I'm going with it. Uh, like we've all <laughs> said before, it started this podcast. It was a fun watch. It's on that line of comedic and scary. Definitely number one is better. Part one is better than part two. But it. I like it. I like it. Oh. These two. So I'm glad Brandon here brought up Ari uh, Aster as a director because this guy, I got introduced him because uh, a lot of people talked about the film, which I'm about to talk about my number two, Midsummer. He just brought it up. And I was always intrigued by it because from all everybody, like from the images you see from the movie, they're all like so bright and colorful. And I'm showing you guys just with my phone. All these images from the movie, it's super bright. And that's how most of the film is. Mm-hmm. It's super bright. And it's like in this town in uh, Switzerland, I think it is. Sweden. Or Sweden. Yeah. Thank you. And I was intrigued. I was like, how can a film this bright be so like uh, be considered horror? And I watched it, and I, I like Florence Pugh. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to see what they got going on here. And oh my gosh, I I was so shook throughout the movie because it's about the, what this little village does and all these different things. I don't want to spoil it because it, it's kind of a modern film, um, and people can still watch it. Saw it on Prime, by the way. And I was just so shook by like the images they put up and the things that these people do in this village, and they make it seem so normal, like the the villagers, these freaky things that they're doing to their old people, to outsiders, and. I, I really I, I don't want to get into details. That's that's the tough part here. Is yeah. I feel like you know some of these other ones like we're talking about Halloween and whatnot. We you should have seen it, right? We yeah. can talk about open details. You guys, you know, if you want to spoil it for me, I don't care. I should have seen it by now. But this movie came out a couple of years ago, and I feel like you know a lot of horror movies like this kind of get under the radar. So I highly recommend it. It's freaky. The imagery is amazing. Just like the the film making and and just everything. I love it. Midsummer, go see it. I'm not going to give spoilers. Uh, well, that's one I'm going to have to go watch. I'm going to watch that one and The Hereditary. So those are two movies I'm glad you guys recommended because I like this genre. Like I said, number two for me is the good old Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger, you know, you got the big three. When you think of horror movies, 
you got three 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 people in particular you think of Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. And um I know this there's just something about this movie, you know, going back, you know, like almost like a nostalgia type thing, you know, when you're a kid. Now, so these movies are really made for like teenagers, but it's funny because they're rated R, so you can't really get in the movie theater, but <laughs> They're definitely made for like teenage or teenage style um, movies, so you know they're easier to scare, easier to influence, and stuff like that. But um, you know, it's just something about that that guy. I don't know. It's about it for me. Nothing really too deep and deep about it. No, I think that's I think that's great. I think again, it speaks to like seeing something like a, like films are such a great medium to like release tension and release like access those emotions of like fear. Because they're contained and they're safe, right? Yeah. And so Nightmare on Elm Street's a great one for that. I agree. Um, All right, number one. I, I know, let's hear it. I'm my number one. a patient right here. So my number one, somewhat modern. Uh, it's another James Wan film because James Wan is, I think, a master of horror. Um, it's a movie that, again, I saw, and it struck, it struck a chord that left me like I was the last one leaving the theater when we when we saw it because I could like I felt stuck to my chair caught like processing what I saw and how it made me feel and this is this was the conjuring so the conjuring when it comes to like paranormal films like we spoke about it earlier like there's this aspect that that hits when it comes to the like paranormal um films that speak to spirituality, religion, but it also speaks to like emotion, just like any other film. And a lot of paranormal ghost stories are linked with those ideas of of fear and grief and sadness and violence. You know, we think of like the Amityville horror, which is a ghost story based out of, you know, violence that this family. Mm-hmm. Um The Conjuring it was scary because, like, there was intense imagery. There was the, – the music is fascinating. It's well shot. What got me was what you had meant was – a, was a concept that you had mentioned earlier was that this is based on real fa- – like, real right. cases. Ed and Lorraine Warren are real people. Lorraine Warren actually just passed away, like, a year ago, I think. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were uh, paranormal – I get, for lack of a better term, ghost hunters, but they that does not do them justice. Right. They, the Catholic Church would reach out to Ed and Lorraine Warren a lot to help them with cases. To they would investigate cases that were supposedly paranormal in in, in nature to assess whether this was a real thing and that the church would have to step in. And the Conjuring is a it it, it covers one of their cases, one of their more like intense cases uh, about this family that's being haunted on this property that they just moved into and so the 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 idea of like telling a story that's grounded in reality based on facts granted it's a piece of film it's an enter- it's a piece of entertainment so not everything is going to be cookie cutter perfect right. and correct because mm-hmm. they got at the end of the day they got to put butts in the seats and sell popcorn and entertain all that stuff. right but there's when you meld the idea of like real things like real events happening and these people are real at the end of the movie during the credits, they show the real pictures of like the real people 
of the the uh, they show Ed and Lorraine Warren, they show the family, they show the house, they show you know, and and uh, it is it's a terrifying watch. I just watched it recently uh, again and uh, by myself in my living room. Um, lights off. Lights off. Oh boy! Uh, I had I had <laughs> we have Halloween lights strained up around my entertainment center. Those yeah, are Halloween on. lights. Yeah, we you know when you're stuck at home all the time now because of quarantine, we're like, hey, let's let's uh, let's decorate. Why not? So we did, and uh, so I was by myself watching it, and I'd seen it five or six times, and it still freaked me out. Um, it's a tense it's a tense watch. So if you've never seen it, check it out. Yikes! I agree. I, going from scary, my number one. <laughs> Scary movie four. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why can't that be the real one? Such a great movie. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna go. It's already been said before. I'm going with Saw. Uh, <laughs> I, Rhino and I went through these. I think it was like three or four days in a row. We watched pretty much all of them. Uh, it was just the time of when he had Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the DVDs coming in, and all of a sudden we started watching back to back to back, and you, again. The first one's the best. I think second one is pretty good too, but the rest of them are kind of trying to go back to the first one. I like the psychological aspect of it, right? I was always trying to figure it out. Like after watching the first one, you're like, what the frick? He's laying there the whole time. Like, you know, and so uh, just trying to figure it out, like what's happening. And as, as the movies go on, the guy, the people can survive if they work together, right? And they a lot of times they don't. They're just out for themselves. And so you try to see. I always try to figure out all right, how could they survive if they did it together and things like that. So it was always that psychological aspect of it. But it's all about a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. And it's Sometimes usually blood. sacrifice of a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not of all. And usually they would kill another person to teaches you a lesson how much you value your value your life. Yeah. No. Very true. Um, no, but I, I always thought they're great movies. They're fun movies to watch, and I think just binge watching through them gave me a little love for. Them. Well, and then the, what they did with Saw was they put like what the older movies would do as far as your sins are going to come against you, right? Yeah, and like you know, just like with, on the rules, right? You're not supposed to have sex and before marriage, and you're not supposed to do uh, drink alcohol and do drugs and stuff like that. But what he did was he just he's like you did this, you have to pay for it. And that's what basically Saw ended up doing. Yeah, and sometimes it was you had to pay a little. Sometimes it was you had to pay with your life, right? It right. just really came down to what it was going to be. And so uh, I'm excited to see the new one with, with Chris Rock. Uh, what's going to come for it? Because I'm always a fan of it. I love the music uh, of, of Saw. And so, yeah, number one, Saw. What was it about? Uh, what was it for you about the, the rest of the sequels that like does that, that don't work as well as the first one? Uh, I... <sighs> I think they went more for gore a lot of times towards the end, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, I was more that psychological. I was like, "What the frick is going on?" They How were trying they get to get out of this, find new ways to kill people. Yeah, that's really what it was: new, crazy, freaky ways to kill somebody. Um, and then again, to always trying to tie it back to Jigsaw from the first one, right? Because yeah. he's the mastermind of it all. Um, and so, I, I think this is the first ones were just like so interesting, and the third and fourth were just like. There's so much blood, like you're gonna cut off your arm, and you know it's all this crazy yeah. stuff. And you so, can only have the same cheese yeah. joke, you know, over and over again. Exactly, yeah. it's like the sequels for comedies, right? When we talk right. about like they try to do the same joke over and over and over, and so same thing with horror is when they have the sequels, they kind of try to repeat what they did, what was was their success, 
and it kind of just like falls off a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and just the first ones is just you're like, what is going on? Jigsaw is freaky, and he has all these different things. He's always a step ahead of you. Like yeah. <laughs> it was that type of deal, and so it was always kind of you cool. wanted to be smarter than Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, and you always, the funny thing too, you always thought you know it would go back and forth from like seeing Jigsaw and seeing the things, and you always think it's the same time, but it never is. And so same <laughs> on you, Rhino. <laughs> My number one was Brandon's number two, which is Hereditary. Oh my god! Yeah. I I've never been so shook by a film. Like you, you guys heard me a little bit ago with that breath. Like the whole movie's freaky. Tony Collette playing this mom of family. They've they've been through some trauma. You know, with it starting out with her mom dying. Um, you never meet the mom. But the mom has a pretty big role in the plot of the movie. And uh, her kids are weird. She has two kids. <laughs> and the kids are pretty much the main focus of Tony Collette and kind of driving the story about what's going on with them. And the whole family's just been through some trauma. And you're just you're trying to figure out what in the heck is going on. And then towards the second half of the movie, going to the end, oh, my gosh, it's some freaky imagery. I'm never going to recommend this movie to anybody who just wants to see a movie, you got to be in the right mindset that you're about to watch something really weird. Because that ending, I just sat there and I was I was not moving. It was like me the other night, the game five of the World <laughs> Series, when I sat there and I didn't move while that craziness was happening, and I I was so shook. It I it's my number one because if you want something horror or scary, this is the movie. You need to watch Hereditary. Yeah. It's one of those movies, too, that, like, have you guys seen, like, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix? No, I'm meaning to watch I that. I haven't, now. but my sister-in-law keeps recommending. Yes, check, she does. Check them out. She needs to lay off. Check them out. <laughs> the, that, that, those shows have a lot to do with, like, various different themes and stories, but there's a lot of things that go, like, there's things, like, hidden in in the background and like ghosts and images that are just chilling like in a hallway that they have nothing to do with it you just happen to see it in the corner of your eye and it like gives you that moment of like and uh, hereditary has a lot of that yes it There's does a lot of, like and especially those last 10 15 minutes yes i i didn't understand what i was looking at like there's a lot of wide I, shots. I, I can't, I can't spoil you, it for you guys because you need to feel the horror the weirdness that i was feeling i literally yeah. just sat there just no no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 Everything closed. Yeah. Don't do it Ryan style and keep the lights on. Be brave. Take <laughs> maybe, maybe set before. the ambiance. Maybe I'll do it for the second time because I know what's coming, but I'll, I'll still be freaked out. All right. My number one, we already talked about it. I probably already gave it away, but that was Halloween 1978. Great movie. It's a very nostalgic. Um, John Carpenter, he directed the heck out of this movie with what his budget was. And what little he had, he was able to create what we know as, you know, one of the all-time classics. Um, just his the way he was able to, to get the shots and the lighting. Like, 
there there would be like um a shot on on um what's her name what's it Jamie Lee Curtis Jamie Lee Curtis thank you um and then all of a sudden they're in the background the light would dim a little bit or you know come up and there he is you know Michael Myers right in the background just you know nostalgia purposes is the reason why we I keep it at number one and it's probably gonna stay there so classic yeah it's great I think my I think one of my favorite scenes speaking to that point you were making about like the use of lighting and things like that is again spoilers because it's a hundred years old and if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet then you need to um when he I don't, I don't even remember the name of the character but when Michael Myers kills the kid and he like pins him up in the wall like on the the door oh, yeah, and the, yeah 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 it's completely dark, and the only light that they're using is like it's like a porch light or something from like the outside. It may even be the moon. I don't remember, but it's it's <laughs> it's very subtle lighting, but it's just enough where you can like make out the silhouette. And it's such a creepy scene too, because like Michael Myers like pins this guy up on the wall with his knife, and he just stands there and like just like looks at him like almost as if he's like waiting to die or something. Like it's just so unsettling. But uh, a lot of it has to do with what you were saying, just like the way it was shot and the ambiance and the. It's um, cool. Well, there you guys go. That was a good discussion on horror. Um, let us know in the comment section on Three Guys Three Mics at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Let us know what your guys' top five horror movies is of all time, and we will catch you guys on the very next episode. Game over. <laughs>